0: Oh, what is going on, Laker fans? Thank you very much for tuning in. Good to be back. Uh, had a little cold air I was dealing with for a couple of days, so good to be back talking Lakers basketball. I appreciate you guys being a part of the show. Go till 8 o'clock tonight. Got a lot of good topics to get into. We are exactly at the halfway point of the season uh, who better to have on than Bill McDonald, Billy Mac, TV play-by-play announcer for the Lakers, and of course Spectrum SportsNet or on Spectrum SportsNet. He's going to join us in about a half hour, or so looking forward to uh, talk Lakers basketball with him, and then wherever that uh, conversation goes, Billy Mac's uh, uh, that personality, a good dude, all his stories with Michael and John and everybody else on the planes. We'll we'll, we'll get we'll get some insider there as well. Um, I want to start off the show spending a little time uh, talking about the halfway point of the season. What do we think? Um, Where do we think the Lakers are going? If the Lakers do make a move, they don't make a move, how much do you go all in right now? Because Bron and Anthony Davis are playing at the level they are. Um, I'll I'll talk specifically about DeJounte Murray, who's been rumored to potentially be a part of a trade that will come to the Lakers. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of teams bidding for that. I saw something about an hour ago that Pascal Siakam could be on his way to the Indiana Pacers. We'll see what happens there. I'd rather keep him in the Eastern Conference. There's a couple teams out here in the West. I've heard Sacramento, the Dallas Mavericks, the Golden State Warriors. It sounds like there was a few teams interested in him. Let's keep him out in the Eastern Conference. So we got a lot to get into. 41 games in, Laker fans. 41 games in. I feel like every week... And this probably has a lot to do with um, just exactly what the team is. I feel like for the last maybe month or so, I keep talking about how I'm not sure what the Lakers are. That any given night, they can lose. And it doesn't matter the opponent, and it also doesn't matter how good that opponent is. The Lakers can lose to any team on any given night, period. But then they also can turn around... And beat the Clippers 106-103. They could turn around and take two so far from the Oklahoma City Thunder this year. Another one coming last night. That halfway through the season, um, if you told me that the Lakers were 20-21, and 21, I would have, this is before the season started, I would sit here and be describing to you, okay, well, they're there because AD and LeBron... Must have been missing a lot of games. All right. Well, we know that has not been the case. I'll get into those exact numbers in just a second. That hasn't been the problem. Um, we do know that the Lakers, at least so far this year, have they didn't get off that two and ten start that they did last year, but they're only one game difference from where they were a year ago. So at this point, at the halfway uh, halfway point of the year, Lakers are sitting at nineteen and twenty on the season. Uh, I'm sorry 20 and 21 on the season last year they were 19 and 22 so it's not like there's a big difference and everybody thought I mean everybody just assumed no no come on this year is going to be so much better than it was a year ago why would anybody by the way think differently Um, this team just seems to be completely all over the place they could lose to anybody and apparently they can beat some really good teams in the process they can beat teams, like I mentioned, the Clippers, who go look at the standings right now. The Clippers are sitting at uh, the fourth spot in the Western Conference. They could beat the Thunder, who've been playing really good basketball, had won four games in a row, and this is twice that they beat the Thunder here over the last couple of weeks, uh, won a game at OKC. OKC's 27-12, one of the best teams in the NBA, that they also have that inside of them. Um, I have no idea what the Lakers will give on any given night tomorrow they could beat Dallas by 10. They could lose by 10. Neither one would shock me. Um, they got a game coming up against Brooklyn. That game's coming up. Uh, let's see. That's going to be on Friday, I, I think so. And they got a stretch here where they, they got to take advantage of uh, some of these home games, this this set that they got coming up here. It's so critical that they start winning some of these games. Um, but every single night, I can't put my finger on what the Lakers are. And maybe that's what an average team does. Maybe that's a team who's got talent like Anthony Davis and LeBron James, um, two, you know, obviously, of, of the best in the league. Maybe it's because they have those two players that they can beat anybody, but also it's a very average team they could lose to anybody. I was looking at this, and I think this is the stat that I, I brought up a couple different times, and I think it's an important stat to bring up. AD's played 39 of the 41 games so far. Austin Reeves has played all 41. D'Angelo Russell and LeBron James have played 37 of the 41 games played so far. So, Bron has missed four games. D'Lo has missed four games. AD has only missed two games, and Austin Reeves has yet to miss a game this year. They've had those players that often, that frequent. Coming into the season, I would have said that those are their four best players... Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. There's other players that obviously do things. Rui's going to be key. Vando on the defensive side. Cam Reddish has proved proven to be a good defender that can help the Lakers win games. But I would have said those are the four best players. If you'd have told me before the season started that those four players are going to be as available as they are, and you're only one game better than you were a year ago, that's puzzling. That really, really is puzzling, and it and it it's confusing. But it also, I think, tells the story of where the Lakers are and what exactly are the Lakers. Here's the good news. If you look at the Western Conference right now, we're doing this exercise, uh, Trav and I were doing this this morning. And let's say the Lakers got into the playoffs, right now sitting at the number 10 spot. Not a comfortable place to be in. Um, and by the way, the difference between 10 and 7 is four games. It's significant. It's significant. Um, if the Lakers are going to start making moves and, and try to get out of this uh this playing spot um, they're going to have a mu- they're going to have to have a much better second half of the season um but looking at the standings right now, the good news I would say is this: if they play the Oklahoma City Thunder in a seven game set, do you think they could beat the thunder because I think they can. I don't think the Thunder, who don't have all that much experience in the playoffs, that wouldn't be a shocker if the Thunder lost a series like that. Okay, let's, let's keep going. How about the Minnesota Timberwolves? Would it be a complete shock if the Lakers beat the Minnesota Timberwolves in a seven-game set in the playoffs with LeBron, with Anthony Davis, with guys that have a ton of experience, a team that got to the Western Conference Finals last year? I don't think it would be a complete shock for them to beat the Timberwolves. Okay, how about the Kings? How about the Mavericks? How about the Pelicans? The point that I'm trying to make is there's a lot of teams in the Western Conference that either still have something to prove or maybe don't have experience in the playoffs or maybe you're not completely sold on. Whatever the case is, in a seven-game set, I don't think it's crazy to think that there's a lot of teams that the Lakers could potentially beat in a seven-game set. Now, do I think they could beat Denver in a seven-game set? No, I don't. The Clippers one is more interesting, but they just beat the Clippers in a seven-game set. Can they beat the Clippers? I think that's a really difficult matchup. To be honest with you, I think Minnesota would be an incredibly difficult matchup as well. The point I'm trying to make is, with 41 games left, it's not like um, it, you could you could feel a certain way about the Lakers. You could be pessimistic. You could be um, you could be very cautious of not getting too excited about this team, and I don't blame you at all. But I think one other way to look at it is, and maybe this is the way the Lakers look at it, you just got to get in the playoffs, and if you just get in the playoffs, you can give somebody a run for their money. They did that last year. I'm not telling you that they should be taking the same strategy as last year, because I would have bet a lot of money that really didn't think the Lakers would be in a similar position. They're actually in a worse position now, if you think about it. Um, What I mean by that is, they were a seventh seed last year, so all they had to do is win one home game to get in. Right now, the way they're sitting and the way things are uh, uh, looking at the moment, and with how inconsistent they've been at play, um, it would be a lot more difficult for them to, you know, obviously make a run. There is, um, and and I was looking at this just because of the stretch that the Lakers got coming up. This is this is their window. This is their opportunity to start making a run. I know we said this to start off January, and that has not gone as planned at all. I mean, I want to say in the month of January so far, they've played two, four, six, seven games. They're three and four in January so far, so clearly it's not going the way we had envisioned or, or, or the way that we thought. Their wins against the Clippers, the Raptors, and the Thunder, they lost to Miami, Memphis, Phoenix, and Utah, but these next two weeks, they got a lot of winnable games before that schedule gets tough again. And if they don't start moving up in the standings, I mean, I counted off here, there's eight games they got coming up um, that I really do believe are going to be critical. And they need to go at worst five and three, which would only put you one game over 500. So you feel like you're just chasing your own tail here, Uh, but probably need to go six and two. You got Dallas coming up at home, Brooklyn coming up at home, Portland coming up at home, Clippers, that's a road game, but obviously at crypto, they don't have to go anywhere, Chicago at home, Golden State on the road, they're struggling, Houston is in the standings kind of neck and neck with you, Atlanta, who's a few games below 500, they got to finish January off strong. They're desperate to finish off January strong. And um, I I heard uh, Anthony Davis talking about that yesterday in the postgame show where he was talking about just how important this stretch is. I couldn't agree more. You got two weeks here of you already failed in the first two weeks. So, I mean, I guess somebody can say, well, what makes you think that's going to change if in the first two weeks they went three and four? You're not wrong there. Uh, I guess just a false hope is what I'm hoping for eventually changes for the Lakers. Okay, Lakers talk. On 710 ESPN is brought to you by Valvoline. Rush into your neighborhood Valvoline and let the expert technicians make sure your ride is in peak performance. Visit SoCalOilChains.com for locations and game-winning coupons. While well, I was talking about Valvoline, no need to uh, procrastinate. No need to – that check engine light comes on. Just don't trip about it. Don't worry about it. Don't wait on it. Find a Valvoline near you. There's locations all around Southern California. They'll take care of you. Okay, a couple of things I want to do when we come back. New starting lineup again, and it sounds like that's going to be the starting lineup that stays with the Lakers for uh, for a little bit of time. And what do we think of Dejounte Murray? What do we think of his game? How all in should the Lakers be on some type of trade right now? I, I think it's clear up to this point. I, I don't I don't know how far the Lakers are going to go if they if they stayed put and they didn't make any moves. But I don't think they're going to stay put, and I think they will make moves. Let's talk about one of the names that's being rumored out there around the Lakers. We'll do that coming up next. If you want to be a part of the show, 877-710-ESPN. Stay right here. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN.
1: Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get five dollars off with code eight save. That's the number eight. S A V E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be.
0: All right. Uh, we appreciate you guys being a part of the show. Fun time of the year. Got a lot of these NFL playoff games going on. Uh, of course, uh, NBA basketball. We're about halfway through the season. Um, in about 15 minutes, one of uh, my favorite guys in the business, just such a good dude, Bill McDonald, Billy Mac, does the TV play-by-play for the Los Angeles Lakers on Spectrum Sportsnet. He's going to join us. Get us thoughts on the season. Get his thoughts on uh, what happens when he travels with Michael and John. Does he have any good stories for us? You know, we'll, we'll sit back and hopefully he can tell some of those stories for us. Um I mentioned this, and there's a couple things I want to get into right now. New starting lineup again yesterday for the Lakers. And I want to say it is the second time that that starting lineup was used. So LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Austin Reeves, D'Angelo Russell, Torian Prince. That was um, the starting lineup that the Lakers used yesterday. And that's how the Lakers opened up the season. I understand that there's some Laker fans out there that are frustrated with the lineups that Darvin Ham has used, confused by some of the strategy, whether that's in-game or that's to start games or that's to close out games. Um, I don't think the Lakers have used so many starting lineups because he's still experimenting, even though part of it is that, but I think it's more to do with every time he gets a guy back, he loses a guy. Vando didn't start the season. Um, Rui's obviously been in and out. Gabe Vincent, I don't need to tell you guys how many games he's played. Cam Reddish is now out again. I saw he's not playing tomorrow. Um, it Knee continuing to swell up. So he's been juggling some stuff. And, but he, he also made decisions that I don't think had anything to do with the injuries. There was a point where he decided, you know what, I think we're going to be more effective bringing Austin Reeves off the bench. And then it didn't take too long for him to say, okay, you know what? No, nope. Austin Reeves back in the starting lineup. was a moment, kind of threw everybody off. D'Lo, you're going to come off the bench now. And then here we are now, D'Angelo Russell, back into the starting lineup. I'm going to read something of why Darvin Ham made the changes. Um, he explained it yesterday after the game. He said, just wanted, just wanted to put as much skill and shot making on the floor around our two captains And those five, they've been pretty much our most consistent guys throughout the season thus far, so just put them together. Uh, For the foreseeable future, that's going to be our lineup, barring any type of injury. And he's right in the sense of, I think I was telling you guys how many games everybody has played. If you take games played this year um, and you look at just the five guys that have played the most games so far for the Lakers this season, it's Austin Reeves at number one, Anthony Davis number two, Torian Prince tied with AD playing 39 games, LeBron and D'Angelo Russell. So he is right that they at least have that starting lineup has been most available and most active so far this year. That's the five that he's going with, and it and it, it also it fits. It makes sense if he feels like Torian Prince is the right player there, gives him just enough offense, but still a good defensive player. Um, D'Lo, obviously, uh, a creator as well, can facilitate but also be a threat from a a weapon outside. Uh, Anthony Davis, the anchor of this whole thing. Braun, Austin Reeves. Okay, that's the best five. That's what the Lakers are going to go with. Um, So I I would just say expect this to be the starting lineup for a while, and I think it's a good thing. No no matter what, whether this thing is working and and they start out, you know, these next ten games all playing together – and it's perfect or it's not, I think just to get some consistency on this team is going to be helpful. Vando has an idea how many minutes he's going to get. Christian Wood knows, okay, this is when I typically come in. Rui Hachimura, um, this is how I'm going to be used. I think just to get some type of consistency will be advantageous for the Lakers. I'm I'm hoping to see that happen, and it sounds like that's going to be the starting lineup here for a little bit. Okay, let's get to more of, I would call it the juicy stuff. We saw, I saw something yesterday on uh, Brian Windhorst on the Hoop Collective podcast. Windhorst, you guys know, uh, uh, Brian's been on nice enough to be a part of this show for years now, I don't know, five years uh, at least. He's come on and uh, made himself available to the show and one of the best in the business out there. Here's what he said about Chicago Bulls, um, their player uh, Zach Levine. As far as a potential trade of the Lakers, he said, "I think there's a zero percent chance of the Lakers trading for Zach Levine." He said this on his Hoop Collective podcast: zero point zero point zero. That was Windhorse. Um, I, I've given my take on this, and this is just one person's personal opinion. I don't think Brian or I don't think Zach Levine, to me, is the answer to the Lakers' problems. That doesn't mean that he can't come in and ball out, but for me, it's more that the guy is right in the. He just started a five-year, three hundred or two hundred and fifteen million dollar contract. You're owing this man a ton of money over a lot of time, and I. I I can't feel confident too. He's been injury-plagued in his career, not crazy or anything like that. But at least, um, let's just say he's not playing. He's not playing seventy-five games a year. Do the Lakers need another player like that? I am sure the Chicago Bulls would love to get off that contract. To me, it's not the it's not the solution. And for me, it's more has to do with I don't know how crazy I am with Zach Levine long term. If it was something more short term, it'd be more interesting to me. The other player that's getting, uh, certainly getting some chatter about, some conversation about, is DeJounte Murray of the Atlanta Hawks. Now, I- I'm going to break down a couple things for you guys because i give my opinion on DeJounte Murray, and for me personally, I'm a fan of his game. I was a real big fan of his game when he was in San Antonio. Uh, obviously, I'm not watching him play a lot of games for the Atlanta Hawks, um, but he's a good player. I'm I'm a fan of his ability. Let's put it that way, and he's at a stage of his career now. He's going to be owed money too, but I think you know a, a more reasonable contract is what I would say. Um, this year alone, with the Atlanta Hawks, almost 21 points a game. He's played in 39 of the 41 games or 42, wherever whatever number they're at. Just under five rebounds a game, just under five assists a game. Shoots almost 39% from the three-point line and 46, almost 47% from the field. He's a good player. 27 years old. I feel like he's at the right age as well. Uh, As far as his contract goes, he's owed some money. Um, But in my opinion, I think it's... I like the age, I like how often he's available, and I like what he could be for the Lakers. His contract was four years, $114 million, much different, obviously, than Zach Levine's. He makes about $24 million this year or next year, $26 million the year after that. He's got a player option in his fourth year that the highest the contract could go is $30 million. I'm a fan of his game. I really am. I'm a fan of his game, and I think he would be... I think he would be the the, the perfect third-best player on a championship team, a legitimate third-best player on a championship team. You don't have to run everything through him. Um, he's a willing defender. He's uh, uh, a, a good size for a guard. I, I think a player like DeJounte Murray, I, I'm a fan of his game, and if the Lakers— you know, Of course, the Atlanta Hawks are going to try to do everything. I think there's going to be a lot of competition for them as well. If you don't think there's other teams in the Western Conference they are going to do whatever they can, partially because DeJounte Murray will improve their team. And the other reason is, well, we don't want the Lakers to get him. If the Lakers get him and they already got some of the talent that they have, what does that do to their team? Um, we're going to see how the next couple of weeks breaks out, but there's definitely been some chatter, some conversations out there of uh, his potential availability. And I think his name, his skill set, I'm a fan of. So we'll see what the Lakers end up doing. They still, you know, obviously a lot of time to not that much time, but you're still under, you're about three weeks away from the trade deadline. And we're starting to get closer to where if deals are going to happen, they're going to happen here over the next uh, two weeks. I think the first deal that went down last trade deadline was Rui. And that was with two weeks left before free agency or uh, the trade deadline ended. So that was one of the early ones and doesn't typically happen uh, that early. Quick shout out here to Valvoline Instant Oil Change. Uh, Lakers Talk is brought to you by Valvoline. Rush in your neighborhood, Valvoline. Let the expert technicians make sure ride is in peak performance. Visit SoCalOilChange.com for locations and game-winning coupons. I like the name. I'm a fan of DeJounte Murray. I am. What's it going to cost? Um, it could cost you Austin Reeves. It could. You know, I think in a perfect world, it's costing you D'Lo and some other assets, but uh, it could very, very easily cost you Austin Reeves. That, that, At least that's what I'd be looking for if I'm one of those other teams. Um, the good thing right now with his contract, he's making $17 million. It's the final year of his deal, and then that extension will kick in uh, next year. Uh, okay, let's uh, – Let's get uh, Mr. Bill McDonald himself on. Billy Mack, play-by-play announcer for the uh, Los Angeles Lakers on Spectrum uh, TV. We'll do that coming up next. Stay right here. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. All right, uh, Lake Show with another game coming up tomorrow. So, Lakers and the Mavs, early tip-off. Got 5:30 tip-off tomorrow. Uh, pregame show will start at 4 o'clock. I want to welcome in um if anybody's listening on their phone, I want you to put your phone down and start clapping the great uh Billy Mack, Bill McDonald, T V play by play announcer for the Los Angeles Lakers, Spectrum Sports Net. Pull over in your in your car right now. Everybody should give a standing go here. Billy Mac here, everybody. Billy Mac, everybody.
1: Sliwa. Sliwa. <laughs> Hey, listen to me. We have a game tomorrow. Oh my god, I didn't I even realize it. Okay, I know. Five thirty, right? And, well, when you're
0: right. when you're doing your thing, because obviously you're traveling. Thing, your thing is Alan, you're you're gone for like seven months. How do you like how how does your brain operate the way you guys do when you're gone all the time?
1: You know, it's well. First of all, it, if you're lucky enough to have the off season free it's great because you get to re-energize and we're not gone all the time but you know that this last november december we were gone like all the time and it's tough during the holiday and look it's tough on us but it's doubly tough on the players obviously i mean we're, we're flying with them we're traveling around with them we're staying in great places but still you know it's 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 tough sometimes it's not totally glorious all the time but, you know, what helps when the team's winning, and it's been kind of an up-and-down season. But I always re-energize when I see you, Alan, at home. Well, Billy Mack, I, mean, I appreciate
0: that. Thank you. And, and you know, <laughs> you don't load manage. That's the one thing I respect about Billy Mack. Don't do for it. Those, do it. Yeah. For those who don't know, Billy Mack um, does suicide drills. Remember, you know, those drills we used to do when we used yep. to play basketball? He does those before the games. He's running stairs up to the Section 300. Really impressive what you do before the broadcast starts, Billy. Mack. Me. I
1: mean, do you ever do you ever see me on the injury report? It's never, just not happening. No, it's
0: no. Nothing. I just never. and everybody knows. And even if you are injured, you don't tell anybody. Yeah, good to go. Good to go. Well, we all defer to Stu. I mean, if Stu said to us, "You're sitting," we're sitting. Oh, that's. I think that's he said, fair. it's like we're
1: going. So hey, we're we're in the middle. Of, hey, we're 41 games in, brother. 41.
0: 41. Okay. In. Okay. I I said this to start the show and i think yeah, sure. um you know it's a, it's a very difficult team to figure out and it, you kind of have those moments like last night well of course they're going to beat the second best team in the western conference and and look unbelievable and none of the none of the games really connect I, i'm curious 41 games in um what's your best description of what you've seen on a night-in, night-out basis?
1: You just said it in one sentence. Nobody has any idea. One game doesn't connect to the next, and none of us can figure it out. Um, The coaching staff is searching. The players have even talked about it. I mean, they were rolling through the in-season tournament, playing their best basketball. They obviously were highly motivated. Now, I don't know if it was a letdown or what or was the schedule catching up to him that's an easy excuse i don't think we can use that as an excuse um you know that's the weird thing about this year everybody's trying to figure it out and everybody supposedly has an answer but nobody's figured it out yet and you get to talk about it every single night and you get to hear from the people so uh you know and i think that the biggest cop out from somebody would say let's just trade everybody away you know how everybody does that sometimes you know, you don't, you don't play a good game. You have a bad week. Let's make a trade. Well, it's not that easy to do, and it's got to fit. Um, and I know I'm jumping around because you know I do that all the time. But, um, you know, the trade deadline's coming up in what, three weeks, four weeks? little three weeks. A little up, yeah, three weeks, something like that. Um, I think they'll do something. I do. Uh, I, and I think you do, too, because it, it paid dividends last year. And I think they're thinking the same way. See, this year is different than last year. Last year, you start 2-10, and 10, and then you start building momentum. This year, you had a good start, and now you're losing some yeah. of that. Yeah. Uh, and everybody, you know, LeBron's a year older. Um, some of the guys are struggling here and there. So, who knows? But you're right. They own OKC. Chet, who? Come on. Not a well, problem. Billy
0: Be- Be- Mac, that's, that, it's funny that you said that, too, about the – it's the – I think they're going to do something, and what they end up deciding to do, last year it was so much easier to say, okay, hey, we have certainly have a player that just does not fit, and you had a year and a half to try to make it work and it wasn't working, and you knew that Russ's contract and his salary, it was what it was. This year, they're only one game, this is kind of the crazy thing, they're only one game better than they were at the halfway point last year, which kind of exactly. threw me off when I saw that. But but I also I, I feel like, hey, if they were in a seven-game set against the Oklahoma City Thunder, I don't know what the Thunder are going to be in the playoffs. They're talented, but they're super young. They're inexperienced. If they're in a seven-game set against the Minnesota Timberwolves, it's not like the Timberwolves have made a run to where you're saying, well, watch out for the Timberwolves. And I'm not saying that these teams aren't talented, but yes. it, it much more benefits the Lakers in a seven-game set where you're not playing back-to-backs, and LeBron and AD could kind of you know, play chess right. against those that are playing checkers. It's a, that, That's not the position they, sh- they should want to be in, but if they're in that position, I don't think you can really count them out because of what they did last year.
1: Well, you know what? There's no super team. There's no super team. So you're not looking at somebody who's unbeatable. But it's crazy, like to think of it, and you hope it's not the case that this truly is the changing of the guard. Because remember, it would be those same teams at the top. Now you see Minnesota, you see OKC. You know Denver's still fooling around up there. But what's happening with Golden State? Lakers are Lakers are struggling a little bit, and you hope it's not the end for these big teams, or at least Good the point. end of this run. You know, and you 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 don't. You know, you look at the problems at Golden State and you're going, Whoa, I mean they still have, you know, three of the best players well, two of the best shooters around. I wasn't gonna say that Draymond's one of the best players. He's been kind of a problem and he just plays good defense. You know, I'm not I don't dislike Draymond in any way, shape, or form, but you know, I wouldn't call him one of the great players in the league, but he fits in well there. But for the Lakers, you know, you've got two of the best players in the world. And I you know, granted LeBron's a little bit older. I think we all see it sometimes. I think the ankle might be hurting him a little bit. You know, flashes are he's as good as he ever was. And then other times you're saying, well, maybe he could manage it a little bit better and, you know, get the ball to AD. Let's go, AD. Do your thing. Assert yourself. Uh, You know, and then you got D-Low. And I mean, we could go down the whole roster, please. We could go down the whole roster and we've done it. We've done, I mean, you do it every night, every night, and, you know, we say, okay, he's good. He can do it. Vando can play some defense. Rui can certainly, you know, score the basketball. Um, I think AR's got to work on his defense. And I think he knows. They're going it.
0: at him. Yeah.
1: They're going at him. Mm-hmm. And if, did he, if he regressed? I don't know. I don't think so because he was sensational in the summer. I mean, he was like the second, third best player on Team USA going up against some of the best in the world. And he's a heck of a scorer, knows how to draw the foul, super smart. Got to have him in the crunch, in crunch time. But something's got to be done defensively there, um, whether it's him picking it up or them scheming a little bit differently. I mean, you've got a bunch of X and O's guys that come on nightly <laughs> and try to figure that out. But, you know, I think the pieces are there. Anytime you got LeBron and AD, don't count anybody out. You mentioned it in a seven-game series. That's the key. Alan Sleewa is a seven game series. You know, you look at the Lakers and can they beat anybody? Sure they could beat anybody. They proved it last year when they made that run before they got swept out by Denver.
0: Crazy. Well they gotta and, and, and they gotta get I mean, right now where they're sitting and I I know we're halfway through, but ten and or twenty and twenty one and number ten spot, no that's not a comfortable place to be, right? You'd have no. to win you'd have to win two games just to get in to get into that seven-game set. Uh, Bill McDonald, uh, Billy Mac, uh, TV play-by-play announcer for the Lakers and uh, Spectrum Sportsnet. Of course, you hear him every single night. Um, Billy Mac, you mentioned D'Lo here for a quick second. I'm I'm curious to get your thoughts on what's that? Yeah, go for it. Let's talk about him. What do you want to know? (laughs) (laughs) D'Lo.
1: Everybody's Uh, got an opinion on... D'Angelo. A hundred percent.
0: No, you're right yeah. about that. He's a he's a very polarizing uh yeah. polarizing player for the Lakers. When when he's at his best for the Lakers, what what does that look like? When when you and Stu are doing a game and you know you're complimenting his play, what yeah. exactly is he doing and when you don't feel like he's his presence is there or you don't feel like He's having an impact. What is he lacking? How would you describe both of those?
1: Well, I mean, everybody says he lacks defense, but he's got makeup defense a little bit. He'll deflect basketballs. He'll steal. He's blocked a couple of shots in a few games. You know what I mean? But one-on-one I mean, who guards one-on-one anymore? Everybody needs help or they're switching or something. Um, you know, given the time and given... You know, the combination of people around him. Dilo can be one of the best players on the team, obviously. I mean, his offense is so smooth sometimes. I mean, he's draining shots like he was, and he's been making great decisions passing the basketball. And I know you've talked about this. You know, you can sit there and go and ask somebody, and I, I, I don't know what you think of plus minus. Sometimes I think it's totally worth it, and other times it's not. And you know where I'm going with this. Because it's not even close. The best plus minus on the team is Tim. D'Angelo Russell. Yeah. D'Angelo Russell, hmm. you know? And maybe some of that happens to be in the garbage time or something, and they're, they're catching up. But, you know, D'Lo, he's one of those guys that you just can't figure it out because he's bounced around. Obviously, teams have given up on him. I mean, the Lakers, this is their second time around. And, ah, look, I like D'Lo. I do. I really like him, and I think he's an incredible offensive weapon, and I think given the right circumstances, and I think they can put him in a winning position, I think he can stay with the team the whole year, and I think he can contribute to like a, a championship team. Do you? I mean, you could say a lot more things than I can as a Laker employee about Trades and things like that. No, no, no. Of of course,
0: of Of course. That that's why I was more kind of angling towards just strengths and weaknesses. You know, when he's playing his best, what what does that look like? Versus when he has some struggles, it looks
1: good, doesn't it? I think it looks good. Well, I I mean, what? mm -hmm. Personally,
0: I I I would I I think it it's clear that if they do make some type of move, I'm assuming D'Angelo Russell's the one that they're trying to move. That's going to be my assumption. Um, you know, and you can talk about that. And I'm not saying I'm not disagreeing with you one way or another. I mean, it's when you look at and I'm going to
1: say this in cryptic and in, in coding. Um, yeah. If somebody's going to get moved, you look at contracts that are movable. Of course. Right. And that's that's. That's what you're talking about. Uh, am I advocating that in no way, shape, or form, and am I talking specifically about that? No, but that's the freedom that you can. I think Ireland gets away. I think he talks about it all the time. But, I mean, I get reminded, hey, dude, you can't really specifically talk about those things. No,
0: no, um, and, so- and, and, and I, would, I don't want to put you, obviously, in a spot like that. I think what you said about D'Lo and, and the polarizing player, you're right. And yes. this is, you know, unfortunately, I will I will say this about him. Sometimes I feel bad for the dude. I mean, he, he, how many times now has he been even if he, if it doesn't happen, it's just constantly being in the trade talks and the trade conversations or actually getting traded. We forget that these are actually people who have lives and families and are having to move from city to city and we do it so loosely, but um but we'll see what happens. I,
1: it's look at it, it's the nature of everything today i mean some guys i mean you just look at i mean the fan base is rabid mm-hmm. we know that it's worldwide and it's rabid and it's super opinionated sure. i mean all you got to do is go on any post in any social media form and just read comments and some guys are just the target every night and other guys are getting a pass you know exactly what i'm talking about right and so uh, it's 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 crazy. You know, it's what have you done for me lately, every night, in that regard. I know that Darvin is preaching patience, and trust me, Darvin's taken a bunch of shots, quite obviously, about what's going on with him. Um, but, you know, they made a run. They made a run of the Western Conference Final. They won the in-season tournament, which I don't know how much weight you want to put in that. By the way, can I say something? Where was Adam Silver at the banner hanging that was his tournament, wasn't it? Don't yeah, you I mean, think he I,
0: should, have been, I feel you like, should have been I feel there? like the NBA pressured the Lakers to put up a banner. He should have been up there. Exactly. He should have been up there actually uh, unveiling the banner himself.
1: Man, that was a quick tangent, wasn't it?
0: So. It's okay. It's okay. But, yeah. Matt, can I, can I ask you a fun. quick travel question? Yes, sir. What's Michael like? And, and man, you- wait. And then yeah. wait.
1: Can I vent about the Rams for two seconds? After of course that? you can.
0: Absolutely, you can. Absolutely, you can. What's Thank Michael you. like um, on the road? All you need to do
1: is watch the posts that Mr. Trudell puts up on his Instagram, and I'm assuming his Twitter, mm-hmm. constantly when he unfiltered talks to Michael Thompson while he's in the airplane or in the hotel or on the bus. It's extremely entertaining. It's great. Ladies and gentlemen, if, you've never, if you ever get a chance to talk to MT, I, I love him. I love Michael. We all do. I, mean, I, sit behind, I sit behind him on the bus. I sit in front of him on the plane. Yeah. Uh, I see him all the time. He's so gracious when he takes us all out to dinner. Um, he's just a guy. He loves life. He really he's does. good man. Right? You know what I'm talking about. You get to, you get to deal with him. On the pregame show? Yeah, but and I, I don't get to travel crazy. with him.
0: Like, you. the way you guys, it's almost like you guys are roommates for half of the year.
1: Well, he's you know? got those idiosyncrasies on the road. <laughs> and I'll let you just go into this.
0: Uh, I mean, they're, still, they're listen, crazy. still yeah. to this day, one of my favorite stories is the soup story. Now, we don't have to tell it again. I know you've oh, already you told want
1: it. it, you want it real quick? No, I mean, it's been told. It's been told. But we'll tell it live on the pregame show again. Michael doesn't mind. Talking about that, okay. I think Michael's, like, trying to get on everybody else's case about little things. I mean, look, I'm known for spilling my food. So yeah. guys are going to get all over me for doing stuff like that all the time. Spilly Billy, way to go. The I can't play it down.
0: Just, just amazing. Uh, you know okay. what I'm saying? You want to vent real quick on the Rams. Is it the not going for it on fourth down? Is it not converting in the red zone? It's the floor is yours.
1: All of those. All of those, But I'm going to start out by saying it was a heck of a season. It was way better than I thought it was going to be. I mean, literally, I was one of those guys who thought they'd get four wins. And not that they were packing it in, but they were so young. And it wasn't going to be any kind of a season. And I was really, really pleasantly surprised. Like everybody else, I I think Sean did an unreal job. And I think the guys grew up really quickly. You know, and we could go down and, you know, the find of Puka and Kyron Williams and Matthew's slinging it at the end, and the defense they were coming amazing. around. Yeah, they balled yeah, out. Everything, everything was great. So, but when you lose, it was a heck of a game. But yeah, over three in the red zone, whatever it is, if it's play calling, if it's execution, this is one thing. I mean, I would. I mean, if Sean was right next to me right now, mm-hmm. I would say, Sean, what's going on with your second half timeout? Oh, awful. He, he, he never saves them, ever, and. You know, from the time that I've been watching football, you know, decades, it seems like that's what you do. Maybe take a penalty, maybe take a delay, but you you can spend all your timeouts freely in the first half. But in the second half,
0: oh, you not good.
1: Save them. No, you, not good. You know what I'm saying?
0: No, yeah. and and, got- and especially in a playoff game, you know, in the, that game, you knew it was going to come yeah. down to the end. Yeah, you knew you needed need to hold on to those timeouts. Out.
1: Right. I know Sean's probably got an explanation for it, and he, he's one of those guys, as you say, forgot more about football than I'll ever know or have known. But it still drives me crazy. Like, single timeout. Don't spend a timeout. Um, yeah, and there were some penalties, obviously, that were blatantly going against the Rams, but I'm yeah. one of those guys that rarely, rarely blames the officials, so I don't want to do that. Detroit played well. They played a little dirty maybe at times. Um, but I was just happy with the season. There, well- hot off my chest. It, you
0: you, you got to get it off your chest, and I do agree with you. And sometimes it's important to point out that was a great season, and next year uh, there won't be any surprises. They should be dangerous. They got money to spend in the off season, so your Rams, Billy Mack, are in uh, are in good condition. Let's hope the Lakers are also in good condition moving forward. Uh, what do you
1: think, real quick? What do you, yeah, yeah, real quick. What do you think about tomorrow night? What do you think about tomorrow night? Dallas has already beaten us twice. What do you? Think? Um,
0: I, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna say that the Lakers find a way to win and make it two in a row. Uh, yeah. I, I mentioned this to start the show, Billy Mac. Unfortunately, if they win by eight or lose by eight, I don't think either one of us would be surprised. So maybe they surprise us tomorrow, and it's just one of those games where they click again, and, and you get two in a row and keep that momentum.
1: Yeah, fans. Um, as a final thing, I know everybody gets impatient. I mean, I I know the, I've been a fan my whole life. So I know. I mean, when, you, when you've been a fan since you were a small child in Southern California, listening to Chick and watching Elgin Baylor and Jerry West and been through everything, I understand the fan base. I get it. So I know where they're at. You know, you can preach patience. I know, Hart, we, we don't have much. But again, we're halfway through the season, but you've got to win games. Yes, sir. You're right. You can't just say, let's just cruise on in because it's a 40-game season now. The a 41-game season, and you got ground to make up. So hopefully they can be more consistent in this half. They've got the pieces, and we'll see what Rob does at the trade deadline.
0: Thank you, buddy. Billy Mack, we'll see you tomorrow, all right? Thank you for doing this. You, you know what? Hey, man, when Sleewa comes on the air, I'll be yelling at him tomorrow. <laughs> so just when I walk by, you'll hear me. The man right there. That's Billy McDonald, uh, Billy Mack. Uh, we'll be back. We'll, we'll got our final thoughts here on Lakers Talk. Stay right here, 710 ESPN. That was awesome. What a good dude. Uh, Billy Mac, Bill McDonald, uh, Spectrum Sportsnet. Um, Really, really good guy. I feel like I could have sat there for another hour and just uh, listen to some of his stories. Of course, his analysis on the Lakers doesn't get any better. Uh, So, uh, very appreciative to have him on the show. Um, Okay, you you heard D'Lo right there on that that soundbite. The rest of the month is critical. Very, very important for the Lakers. It starts tomorrow against the Dallas Mavericks. I know you, if you listen to me, if you listen to anybody talking Lakers basketball, we're always saying, oh, it's so critical, it's so critical. But it is. They're in the 10th spot. <laughs> I mean, if I said it before, believe me this time, not the other times, they're in the number 10 spot. And these next two weeks, I, I don't think um, – if you went – in these next eight games, if you went 8-8 eight and eight, – I'm sorry, if you went 4-4 four and four, – I'm really concerned that this team's going to end up being, you know, hover around 500 the whole season. And maybe they are going to be one of those 9 or 10 spots or 8 at the best since the number 7 spot already has a four-game lead on the Lakers. You certainly don't want to see that. But the games that you got coming up, they're all winnable games. Dallas, Brooklyn, Portland. Uh, then a road game still at Crypto against the Clippers. And then at Chicago – a week from Thursday is going to – or I'm sorry, no, no, home against Chicago. We already played that game on the road against the Bulls. Um, so you still got Warriors who are struggling. Houston who's lost a couple games in Orlando. A few games below 500. Looks like they're going to probably rebuild at some point. Maybe maybe the Lakers are doing a deal with the Atlanta Hawks. Um, but nonetheless, it's uh, it, it's it's an interesting time for the Lakers. I think it's a critical, critical period, a critical stage for the Lake Show as well. Uh, especially if other teams might be going out there and making some trades too, uh, and these are teams that are all in front of you. All right, quick uh, quick shout-out here. Thank you to uh, Michael Funches, DeAndre there, Mario, as always, doing his work, getting us all set up. Um, I'm back on tomorrow with Travis Rogers. I appreciate you guys being a part of the show. Lakers, maps tomorrow. LA, as always, have a great rest of your night.